0: Hey everyone, have a fun show today, talking with Gantt Laborde, uh, who is a Chief Innovation Officer over at uh, his company Infinite Red, which does a lot of work with JavaScript, and in that role he's done a lot of exploration into machine learning with JavaScript, so we're going to talk about how you can get into that, how to learn TensorFlow.js, and kind of the basics of what is machine learning and what is artificial intelligence. So uh, I think you'll enjoy it. If you want to support the show, please go to our site at techjunior.dev and click subscribe. Uh, you'll get a newsletter from us every week with some goodies as well as a new episode. And also tweet us at Tech Junior podcast leave a review on iTunes, tell your friends, and all of that stuff. We appreciate it. Welcome to Tech Junior. My name's Lee Warwick. I'm a full stack JavaScript developer. Have with me as always, Eddie.
1: Hey, it's Eddie. I'm a front end developer.
0: And today we have a special guest. We have Gant Laborde. Gant, Woo-hoo! if you can, uh, if you can introduce yourself.
2: <laughs> hey, I'm Gant Labord. I am a mad scientist.
0: Well, among <laughs> other things, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I try to. I, I go back and forth in this sort of manic way between. Just summing up everything in some weird way, like mad scientist, and then actually going back through and trying to count all the things that are accreditations that make me feel like an actual developer. (laughs) 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 I'm like, I got certified over here. Uh, uh, I wrote a blog article over here. Uh, So sometimes when I'm feeling really good, and obviously, you know, podcasts are a good time for that. I just throw in mad scientist.
0: Fair enough. So uh, (laughs) you work for Infinite Red, correct?
2: Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: And what what is Infinite Red and what do you do for them?
2: Infinite Red is a company that was um, cultivated from a bunch of uh, consultants and companies and pieces and parts that met over open source back in about 2014 We all uh, got to work together. Now, there was this wonderful company that I really liked called Clearsight Studios in Portland. It was headed up by Jamin Holmgren, and he formed that back in like 2005 or I don't know, maybe even older than that. And there was a fantastic group of people in San Francisco called uh, originally Infinite Red. I think there was no space (laughs) when it was originally done. Uh, And they were formed in California, and I was doing work and consulting with them and we had people all over the globe. Fortunately, doing open source and going to conferences, we all sort of met together. And there was this giant meeting in Paris at a conference. And they had these uh, the Paris negotiations. <laughs> and um, the company formed uh, in its new form, Infinite Space Red, <laughs> uh, doing uh, mobile consulting and web uh, consulting, just building apps. Since then, um, we have really leaned hard into this mobile app building world. Uh, I got to ascend through the ranks. We've added an entire UX UI department that really has revolutionized the way we look at problems. Uh, the company has continued to grow. And as of right now, as we're recording this, in august of 2019 i have bought in as a partner we have uh, put on conferences for um, react native and we do open source consulting still for for microsoft and facebook and we, we contribute back every chance we get and we have a steady stream of clients who come in and say we love what you've done uh, we lo- we want to build a really nice mobile app especially a lot of times with their team using javascript and we heard you're the team to go to. So they end up finding us. Uh, and our team is 100% all around the world. And we get to work from the luxuries of uh, <laughs> coffee shops, homes, and in the case of uh, some people, vans. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So um, what, uh, what's your role at, at Infinite Red currently?
2: Currently, so I am now a CIO. And we... Did a really cool thing here. CIO, not so much an in, um, information officer as is normally considered, but a uh, chief innovation officer. Now, that's not going to get you um, a really well-funded uh, startup campaign or anything like that, but we're always about our our sort of our creative process. And I think that's why the designing and user experience department is sort of Grown and flourished. That plus excellent leadership from uh, Justin Husky, who has built out our design department, and it continues to grow and and get better and better. But the innovation, as sort of an initiative, I get to look at really amazing technologies, cool things, and bring that back. And Jamin Holmgren, who is the CTO, uh, helps lead our team into uh, battle with building cool new things, using these cool new technologies. And generally, Jamin and I are out speaking at conferences, joining podcasts, just having a good time.
0: Cool. So um, I guess in general, you do a lot of JavaScript development, right?
2: Yeah, that's where, I mean, it's the number one programming language. So I think everybody's got to get a little bit, even my dog does it, if you just heard him bark right there. (laughs) He's like, JavaScript, me too.
0: Cool. So uh, what, how did you get into programming and what, what led you into going full-time JavaScript?
2: Well, I could tell you it's been a love-hate relationship. I'm not going to make the joke love to hate it. But uh, when I first started programming, it was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away where I learned how to make the computer say hi, flash the screen, do cool stuff like that. I learned Quick Basic. Actually, it was funny enough. Uh, Jamin also started with Quick Basic, I heard, and so <laughs> it's just such a great way to to let people, you know, especially young people, get into programming. And I would put my program on floppy disks and hand them to my girlfriend, which I was like, "Check this out! I wrote you an app," uh, <laughs> which doesn't land as much as it does now. <laughs> And then um, as compute, you know, that I actually got to really experience the, the birth of the World Wide Web. I mean, everybody getting connected. And I said, this is where I'm going next. Uh, so I learned JavaScript back then. And anybody who learned JavaScript back then has the scars. Uh, it, was, it was a terrible experience. Um, and everything went server side instead. So I went server side because less JavaScript, right? I went ahead and did PHP, ASP, uh ASP.net and then that led me to Rails and Ruby and all kinds of other fun stuff. And then with uh JavaScript starting to be more Ruby like since 2015 and coming out with like ES6 and and all these other iterations, uh and then f- amazing front-end frameworks coming out, I said, "Okay, JavaScript. You've you've hurt me once, but I'm willing to give this another try and jumped in with JavaScript for mobile development mostly because Facebook came out with React Native which gave me the ability to build one app and deploy it to iOS and Android. Before that when we were building apps we'd charge the client for an iOS app and then we'd charge them for an Android app <laughs> if they were lucky, you know, they could afford all of that um and it used to be uh, not too long ago like if you got an app you got an iOS app now it's if you get an app you're getting something that can run on everything every platform's important because there's not one dominating it i mean you need to make sure this can run on an xbox too right and that's where javascript is javascript's everywhere and tapping into that especially with the platform independence of react native it's been really really rewarding and uh, that's, that's kind of like why I'm back on JavaScript. And the community has just been very impressive, very great. I don't know if you've experienced it as well, like, uh, <laughs> but JavaScript has gone from very cold to one of the most welcoming and friendly, uh, beginner friendly environments. And uh, I really like, appreciate that. So I'm, I'm happy to be back in JavaScript. And that's where I am today. Uh, don't, don't quote me in five years. I might, I might hate JavaScript again. <laughs>
0: Hopefully not. Cause, uh, that's, that's all Eddie and I do is JavaScript. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll be with you, uh, overboard if, if that's the case. But, uh, so we, we like React, we like React Native, but we really wanted to talk to you today about, uh, artificial intelligence, oh yeah, machine learning, all the buzzwords. So, yes. um, how did you go down that road from oh, mobile man. app development?
2: Um, I can tell you, (laughs) here's another fun adventure. Do you remember that, uh, Silicon Valley episode where you did hot dog, not hot dog? Do you, do tell me, you know what I'm talking about?
0: I I haven't seen that, but I uh, I think I've heard
1: of it. It's it's pretty funny. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's really I
2: I, I laugh so hard. I mean, a lot of people I know in San Francisco can't watch that show because it's far too true, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, You know, I always thought to myself, as like, uh, facial recognition, so I've been in this thing for 20 years programming professionally, Uh, I made the mistake of saying, I'm going to be a computer nerd a long time ago, and actually just sticking through it, uh, which has cost me a lot of wonderful life experiences. (laughs) So here I am, and and sort of like this wonderful technical revolution, I think to myself, how did they ever write the algorithm to like, detect a face or things like that and those have always kind of been sitting in the back of my brain like if i could go back in time what would be the thing i would have to like write or build that would have gone crazy and caught on fire was it napster you know (laughs) was it facial like what was the real thing and then i saw the the hot dog not hot dog episode which is funny basically they create an app and the job of the app is um is this a hot dog or is it not? You take a picture of it and it tells you if it's a hot dog or not. Stupid, (laughs) stupid app. Um, And they released it for real. And I was like, this is a real thing. And I looked at the blog post. They did it in React Native. And they did it so it runs 100% on the phone. It doesn't like go off and ask Azure or Amazon. It's not asking anybody. It is figuring that out on the phone.
0: Wait, hold on. I thought I that's thought this cool. was a TV show, but they actually they made they a did real. It. App. They made the app for they real. Did it.
2: That's a real app. You oh, can wow. download it right now. You can read the blog post, and it has how they did it. They did everything. That's that's in we'll, the TV uh, show and we'll,
0: real. We'll link it on the show notes. Wow, yeah, Anybody out there that yeah, doesn't believe cool. it, but
2: I I I didn't believe it. Um, and then something in me clicked. I was like, I mean, this is pretty recent. What is that uh, like two years ago or something like that? Yeah, and I said. This is this is something new. Like this is something you couldn't do before. What what's happening? And so I said, "You know what? I'll spend a week just kind of like actually kind of digging into this in all my free time and I'll 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 be able to do this." Well, um you can't do that in a week. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that when you open that book, um apparently a bunch of mathematicians pop out and they just make you feel really bad, and they throw You're around talking a lot about of the machine words, learning book, machine learning, just anything. <laughs> and i I felt so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I was so. I did. I could. I couldn't make it through the blog article. I couldn't make it through a video. I and I, here's the thing. I took linear algebra in college. Did you pass? And I, 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 the second time, yes. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I really
2: just didn't know what was going on. And so, um, so I, I tried to get a little motivated. Believe it or not, it is super easy to get motivated here. Now, for a while, I was very unmotivated by AI. AI was pretty... Cool, and the fact that it made my Street Fighter or Tekken or insert generational game here.
0: <laughs> well, let's uh, let's pause for a second because yeah. I think we're we're kind of getting ahead of the the eight ball with uh, some, what I some do. people I'm out there. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah, okay. Absolutely. But let's uh, <laughs> let's back it up and kind of talk about like what AI really is and what machine learning really means. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite quote on this is. It goes something like AI is written in PowerPoint and machine learning is written in Python. <laughs> so <laughs>
2: that's a really uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's so, cute. I like it
0: yeah AI is is like this huge buzzword, right? Oh, it's, it's artificial so inte- is. intelligence. Yeah. the computer's thinking for you but really <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day it's it's reading like millions of uh, bits of data. And mm-hmm. predicting like, oh, I think this 65% this is a hot dog or something. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So um, <laughs> I think a lot of folks, they they read machine learning or the buzzwords mm-hmm. and they go and sit down and try and get into it. And they run across the same thing that you did, which is like, yeah. oh, you need to know linear algebra. Oh, what's <laughs> linear algebra? Oh, God, I have to track X, Y and Z <laughs> coordinates and three dimensional yeah. arrays and on and on. And they're like, ah, oh, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. um I'm curious to know and then the other thing is like python is the first thing that comes up. So mm-hmm. first of all like what yeah. got you over that hump of like oh god I have to know you know college level math inside and out? <laughs> and then also what made you say I want to do this in JavaScript as opposed to in Python?
2: Yeah, okay, absolutely. Um number one on that. I was stubborn. I I do passion first which means I went out and found a bunch of really cool things that AI is doing besides hot dog not hot dog and <laughs> I really I just <laughs> caught on fire and that's a that's a really good key characteristic is that when you need to go uphill um you want to be fire because it travels fastest uphill you need uh, I get it. passion <laughs> yeah it's true it's true yeah. like um You know, passion abets, like, um, ambition. You need to really, really care about it. And I cared about it so much. I went and I took uh, one of the courses out there that goes deep into uh, all the math. Then I went and watched YouTube videos that explained the math (laughs) to me separately and at the end of that i got this nice little course certificate and i realized like um this is a bunch of bs like i didn't (laughs) i didn't need all that it was uh 50 hours of my life that came back you know i mean honestly i'll tell you this it's good to know the internals and everybody's going to tell you you need to know the internals But we're all sitting here, and if you talk about JavaScript, that's somebody telling you you need to understand assembly, right? You don't need to understand assembly. You don't need to understand C. Like those things, do they help? Yes. Can you be a, a, you know, no one can be an excellent JavaScript programmer unless they can actually get into you know uh, deeper, deeper level like that. No, I I disagree with that completely. Fundamentally, that is a that is a terrible argument. and so I was like, there's, there's better stuff out there. And I think what I wanted to do was make it more tangible. And that's what brought me to JavaScript. JavaScript gotcha. is tangible. It's everywhere. I can make a stupid website that tells you whether or not someone is Nicolas Cage or not. <laughs> and I did. I made that. It's nickornot.com. N-I-C-O-R-N-O-T dot com. And you simply upload a photo, and it tells you if Nicolas Cage is in that photo. <laughs> <laughs> and you can have fun. This is where it should be. And it's in the browser. It doesn't go off to a server. It doesn't go anywhere else. It's just like my my personal version of like hot dog, not hot dog. And then since then, um, I'm really pushing hard on JavaScript. That's where... Us as developers can actually make real applications of these things. Don't don't get me wrong. If you want to go read white papers and get published or get a PhD, more power to you. Go do it. You can be revolutionizing it from that front. But don't say that someone out there taking the idea and wrapping it up in a in a fundamentally friendly JavaScript library and publishing it to npm isn't isn't really um, doing AI or machine learning. That person is. Uh, arguably affecting far more lives and, and helping plenty more people. Um, so I, I say that it's a bit of both sides of the coin here. And that's that's honestly where I want to be. I want to be a bit more in the JavaScript front because I want to build cool things.
0: So this is uh, maybe kind of like, do you want to create React or do you want to write programs with React?
2: Yes, excellent analogy. Yes, that's it.
0: So going back to the the math stuff and kind of the algorithms and the heavy computer science stuff, mm-hmm. um, I have seen JavaScript developers argue for hours on Slack about whether JavaScript is compiled or interpreted, and uh-huh. I have never had my boss tap me on the shoulder and say, whoa, 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 don't push that to production. First, is JavaScript compiled or interpreted? It's <laughs> never happened. What about you, any? Has that ever happened? <laughs> No, because no we have happened. stuff to do. We got to get the program right. written, right? So Yeah. yeah. Um, I am kind of curious, though, like how you, first of all, like why, <laughs> why did you go take all <laughs> these math courses? Um, <laughs> and then second, uh, how, like where did you turn and you were like, okay, I don't actually need this. What was uh, the revelation?
2: As I was going through them, um, I found I was trying to mix a bit of this with real world. Because was there, there's like a great saying that, um, and I don't know who to, to attribute it to, but uh, theory without practice is empty. Practice without theory is blind. You need, you need a little bit of both. And when I was trying to get a little bit of both, I was taking the math classes and I was trying to take a look at how people are actually applying these things. And there was a giant disconnect. You could tell that they were not the same. Um, As a matter of fact, what's funny is that course I'm referring to is a 2012 course by Andrew Ng from Stanford University. And uh, it is known as the machine learning course. And what's funny is just about everything he says and teaches in there, he does go back and um, amend in a later course (laughs) as being like, found out to be different or wrong or or <laughs> not the way that you should do it because so many people are getting into machine learning today that those, those methodologies are outdated. Um, and yet people are still happily touting that you should go take this course. And I get it as a rite of passage. I don't get it as a pragmatic programmer's um, path. It, it's not something that keeps interest unless you really want to do it. And, and the, I'm really happy that I got to do it, but the disconnect is vast. That is not how people are actually applying anything. Nobody's writing anything from scratch. Nobody's busting out and doing calculus on paper. Um, That's great if you want to join the Google Brain team. It is not going to be excellent for for anybody who wants to build the next cool website, the new cool thing, the the million-dollar app idea.
0: Right, yeah. So um, I guess for anybody that's kind of still in the weeds out there with us... um... (laughs) Machine learning, as I understand it, is working with uh, multi-dimensional arrays of data. Mm-hmm. And so those data sets are massive. They mm-hmm. are like millions of entries. So you've got um let's say in the the case of like the hot dog, not hot dog, you've mm-hmm. got an array that represents like pixels on a screen, and you may have like different places for the x and y values of the pixels, and then yep. each coordinate there has like an RGB. Mm -hmm. component for like what color the pixel is and so you get like you know that one picture could be you know a huge array but then you've got lots of pictures right so huge like impossibly huge data sets and the computer reads all of those and then forms like some kind of algorithm to say Mm -hmm. okay based on all of the pictures that i've seen so far this picture that i'm seeing now like belongs or doesn't belong or is or is not a certain thing yeah is that pretty close
2: that's very close uh and and you feed all this data through essentially what's sort of like we, we call it a neural network because it imitates neurons in the brain we, we imitate it as a brain um usually it's a mathematical graph and basically um what happens is we keep feeding data through it And then we keep modifying these small values and have it slightly evolve in some degree to become more statistically probable that given a certain input, it would find the correct output. So you might have 500 megabytes of data and generate a 10 megabyte file that is sort of the mathematical graph. That means that anything that gets put into this, go grab one image and put it through there it will be able to identify and then give you the appropriate output for that. Um, essentially, what we're building here, a model, these mathematical objects, they're just really cool functions. Um, we should call them functions. We're programmers. We put input in <laughs> and we get input. We get we get it, uh, data out, right? So uh, we're just building these really cool functions. They're just mathematically based. And so we still call them models. Um, but yeah, we, we sort of like, carefully balance out these little machines that are able to, given certain inputs, which are, like you said, uh, constantly being trained on all this data, finally at the end of it are are excellent at identifying things.
0: Um, yeah, so... It's cool. Hopefully cool. everybody's still with us and they, they're not scared <laughs> away by all this math talk, because uh, we're not like creating these formulas on paper like gant said um yeah quick what's the
2: quadratic equation i I don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah um (laughs) unnecessary
0: yeah no nobody cares uh well i mean you may have to look it up at some point but like you don't have to fire it off from memory yes um but yeah you don't sit down and like work this out like a math problem in middle school right Uh, there's libraries that do this work because the process is very similar correct yeah, uh, from one data set to another, like you get it in a certain kind of massage the data, as they like to say, and then mm-hmm. pump it through that algorithm or that training program that then mm-hmm. creates this function that we run.
2: And just like JavaScript, it's too big for a single person to actually know anymore, uh, unless you are an active PhD uh, with with teaching, like like <laughs> currently. Um, I would say that papers are published on this exact concept faster than any person could really kind of take in. You have to pick and choose. And that's what these frameworks really help us do. They let us level up. We get to say, oh, that link, that that paper right there says that this will increase this from this percentage to this percentage. I'll use that. And you say dot that <laughs> in the framework. <laughs> you didn't have to write anything. Um <laughs> And it's it's a bit more, and that's why I, I like things like, uh, you know. Honestly, I have to say I'm leaning a lot towards TensorFlow JS because the TensorFlow team is okay. on top of that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Yeah. There's uh there's some people out there that say, you know, people don't write code anymore; they just duct tape other people's code together. <laughs> and I don't like those people because <laughs> I just want to get stuff done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't have to yeah. reinvent yeah. the wheel all over again. Right so um you, you mentioned uh tensorflow but mm-hmm. uh that's primarily like a python thing so um, mm-hmm. all of this processing that we're talking about and actually building the model like as i understand it that's typically done like with python you set like a task and it, you run a bunch of data and just kind of goes and goes and goes for hours on end mm-hmm. and at the end of it, end of it it spits out a model
1: mm-hmm.
0: so like do you still do that processing with javascript or you do it with python and then like you put the model into javascript or how does that work
2: yeah, so uh a lot of this is uh fantastic that they when they released TensorFlow.js, they created a converter, which allowed you to take those Python mo- you know models that are out there, some of the most popular ones. And they they of course converted a bunch, and you can convert it to basically a bunch of JSON files that TensorFlow.js knows how to read. And so now we're just pointing it at some JSON files. It goes ahead and loads in that functionality you take the input, whatever it might be music, video, uh, pictures. Hot dogs. and Then you, yeah, if dogs, and then you convert that into uh, <laughs> the data that the model wants to read and pass it through that engine. Now, you can also, should you choose, train directly inside the browser. So I have an example. I made a website. Um, I'll definitely give you a link, but it basically trains a rock, paper, scissor model. Uh, directly in the browser from images that you load in, and then you can watch a train and then test it out directly in the browser. Wow, ideally, you mm, might not cool. want to always be training on <laughs> like obviously this this unlocks a brand new kind of thing so if let's take a look at uh, lots of Python and Ruby code was all server side stuff, and you would put a lot of things on the server side and and kind of process it and take care of it well. TensorFlow.js runs directly in the browser on the client side. This unlocks the ability to customize things and train things specific to the user, specific to um, each of these aspects. And then on top of that, uh, there's this kind of there's this uh, concept of uh, federated learning, where all these models that people are training on their machine can then come back and get averaged back into a main model without compromising their personal data. So let's say we were doing rock paper scissors and uh, I for myself can't do too much for diversity in that. I have only white hands <laughs> and I don't paint my nails, so i'm I'm really'm I'm, I'm bad for diversity here. but I could put a model I could put out there and then if people wanted to send me photos of their hands, we talked about 500 megabytes of data, things like that um, what what could be better is that they actually put their hands in the mix train on that on their machine and then send me back instead of um megs and megs of data they send me back an updated version of the model and then i average that back into the model i don't have to invade their privacy see pictures of their hands or whatever it is that we end up being and then honestly they're just helping me increase the algorithm without giving up their personalized data. This is a bit more of like what Apple, of course, is leaning towards with their with their sort of stuff because, they, I mean, they're not a search engine, so they're big on the privacy front. Uh, but th- this whole concept, this is unlocked. You know, uh, doing these things directly in the browser, you can start to really personalize things and AI can start to get very personal.
0: So my uh, immediate thought when you said that was uh, the WhatsApp old people face converter thing that was blowing up on facebook Uh, a couple weeks ago yeah
2: where it sent it off to their servers
0: so is that what was happening like uh you'd put your face into to facebook and it would like oh here's you old and then it's it whips off that picture to like some ai algorithm yeah like training up face recognition (laughs) they were
2: they had it in their in their um guidelines that they can have any of those photos Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so you were you were sending off your data your faces so uh, people were taking pictures of celebrities and weird things and all kinds of stuff and a person was getting or could have gone through and seen all of that uh (laughs) to to get things better or to actually kind of work with this one of the things that could actually happen there is like was this a good you know did this do a good job thumbs up or thumbs down and then it could actually be training on device and just send that kind of information back that would be a much better methodology for this kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of that, you, you hit another interesting point, which is uh, captures, right? Mm-hmm. So this, this has oh, been yeah. happening for many, many yeah. years in the browser. Um, mm-hmm. Some some genius was like, "Yeah, I can prevent uh, Robo, you know, <laughs> website signer upper bots or whatever, and also train up this machine learning, uh, yes, text <laughs> <Yeah>. recognition <laughs> algorithm,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. Click everything that looks like a car." Yes. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for helping us make a car identifier and like helping our traffic. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I guess it would be possible to create a website where people could uh, go to the URL and help train up your model all in JavaScript.
2: I would love that. And so uh, here's the thing. I've actually pitched this to Amazon because they have a, they have a really cool setup for their Amplify team and Um, I don't know if this is even going to make it on, but it would be really cool for, for, let's say, tomorrow, the three of us. uh, We are going for a, is this poison ivy or not? Or, you know, actually, how about something a little bit more novel? Is this trash? Like, help me find trash in the neighborhood. I want you to actually find and identify trash. So I'm I'm eventually going to make a robot that goes around and cleans up the side of the road. Um, and so what I need you to do is take a picture of trash on the side of the road, and then mark the indicators around it. And then like kind of have that all come back. And then we could start this off as like an initiative, maybe like a Kickstarter or something like that. Um, as it is right now, there's no good framework or ability to do anything like this. We would have to go out and kind of just try to, you know, uh, we'd have to figure out, I guess, how to implement that kind of technology and kind of get it to it comes back. But it's all the tools are there. Just nobody has an easy to get started kind of thing like that. Um, and this is the exciting spot. Like those ideas, the idea that we just came up with, I would, I'd, I'd send them money tomorrow, right? If, if somebody were like, hey, I want to help get this thing going. Um, absolutely. This is a great humanitarian cause. Um, but you can come up with more ideas right now than we actually have the time to build. And that's exciting. I haven't had that in a long time. And that's what I'm getting with AI. That's where I, that's why I, I took that step in for a week and I never came back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still Just in here, y'all.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So for anybody that's now kind of interested in it, um, how would you, so we're JavaScript guys, me and Eddie. Uh, mm-hmm. We do a lot of front-end work. Um, we've done a little bit of Node, uh, a little bit of Python recently, but uh, have never yeah. done any machine learning anything. Mm-hmm. So how would you tell us to get into getting started with like TensorFlow.js, for instance?
2: Yeah, I would say the first thing I would say that you need to do is you need to start subscribing to what's out there, because you're going to get a bee in your bonnet and need to build something. Um, you're, the idea is, you know, for a while ago, there was like a, there's an app for that sort of buzz, and then everybody was building apps. That's kind of where we're at now. It's like you could put AI into that. Google had like uh, like twelve uh, TensorFlow models in production, and then went from like twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen to four thousand <laughs> TensorFlow models in production. Wow. Like they are trying to figure out where they can shove AI at every single corner, and that's something that we can all start doing. So I would say, um, start start subscribing to a few things. I have a. Uh, Fun Machine Learn on Twitter, where every time I find something interesting or weird in machine learning, I tweet it through that account. And if you went through the history of that, you'd find all kinds of crazy cool things. Secondly, uh, I am working on a TensorFlow.js course because I have not seen it. So I think that this would be something that will be coming out soon, and I would love to get some feedback, maybe come back and talk about it, or uh, maybe we could give some some of the course away whenever this airs, and we can see when that's happening. But I'm building a course right now where we're going to build some simple and fun and crazy things so that you can kind of get started with it, and I'm going to totally dodge the math. (laughs) 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 you don't need that and if you want to go deeper you can but i think what the the key aspect of it is i'm going to try to do the course there's lots of twitter accounts but just start paying attention to the neat and interesting things and then tomorrow you'll get an idea and then uh, you'll kind of start you know doing that idea over coffee telling somebody else about it and the next thing you know you're going to it doesn't matter uh, if you have to take linear algebra or you have to read the entire TensorFlow JS docs, um, I think that you'll end up building it. And that's the that's the key aspect of it. And also reach out to me on Twitter. I will happily help you out with that stuff.
0: So cool. let's uh, let's do like uh, scope it down a little bit, because I think it's probably really overwhelming for people out there. Um, so I love the inspiration. Uh, yes, the TensorFlow docs are, are decent. Um, but like, what would be a concrete example of like a simple AI machine learning project that you could do?
2: Um, let's say you wanted to, uh, identify, I-, I saw something recently, so I'll just kind of take that. Uh, I-, I saw somebody do a project where they wanted to identify whether or not their camera saw a cat or not. When it saw a cat, it unlocked the, uh, doggy door uh, for them. And so identifying if a cat is inside the frame of your webcam or not is very, very easy. That is, uh, taking some, a model like mobile net and then, uh, and then putting it in there and then i saying like, hook this up to the webcam. And then when you see a cat run this action, send me a text or do whatever you need to do. Um, Actually, I think his he had to customize it because he didn't want the cat to be allowed in if the cat had a dead mouse <laughs> 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 so he had to customize it um, but i have I have some code that I can probably share uh, I also I did a library recently um, which kind of wraps up all the machine learning so that you don't have to deal with it called uh, nsfwjs, which stands for <laughs> not safe for work js. And what it does is it helps you identify indecent content. So if your website perhaps has user to user interaction and you don't want, you you don't have moderators or you don't have like a team of thousands of people like Google does to go through content moderation. If you'd like to get a little bit of an alarm bell to go off, uh, it's about 90 to 91% accurate at identifying if somebody's, if a picture is indecent or not, and so that would help out maybe a little bit. And so that's a that's a library out there that you can implement into something. And if you want to get involved a little bit more, um, come in and file a ticket. Say what features that you want. I'll happily assign you to some stuff. I think open source is a great, great way for for people to get started because honestly, it's the thing that helped me find all the people I work
0: with today. <laughs>
2: it's a it's a it's a community-driven endeavor um, and you get a lot of knowledge out of it
0: yeah i definitely agree cool
1: is that what isn't that what the hot dog not hot dog, turned into (laughs) yeah
2: in the show in the show he specifically was doing it to find and uh, i think dinesh had to (laughs) he was sitting there labeling data (laughs) and hating his life yeah Uh, it's pretty
1: funny you gotta see it lee it is i
0: will look it up
2: Yeah, it's a it's a funny episode. Fortunately, I didn't have to label any data for uh, (laughs) for NSFWJS. There's entire subreddits that are pretty much guaranteed to have content of one nature or another. And that's the cool thing is that if you have a large enough data set, you run it through enough stuff, you can have a few false positives and they get kind of flushed out um people themselves have sort of like identified what content is uh safe or not because they're posting it in those particular subreddits. Um and then kind of looking at all that data for us, <laughs> if we, I didn't have to, um it came out very, very accurate.
0: That's so that's cool. So um for folks out there that maybe don't want to get their feet wet with the training portion of mm-hmm. machine learning. Uh, you mentioned before that Google has like a lot of models out there already that they're working yes. with. Can you just like pull in TensorFlow.js and pull in a model and kind of use it mm-hmm. like ready made yes. out of the box?
2: Yeah. So um, like we're talking about, is there a cat in your webcam or not? Absolutely. Um, TensorFlow has this uh, call called tf.browser.frompixels. And then you can give it a video element, an image element, an image object, a canvas, anything like that. And then uh, you feed that into the model, like MobileNet, for instance, and it'll tell you what it sees inside that image. And so uh, just just constantly looking... I, they call it a zoo. It's sort of the, the term of art for models. So if you start Googling for model zoo or model zoos, you could find all kinds of cool stuff. I wrote a... a react native app that identifies food so i called it the model is called food 101 and as you're moving the camera around it would tell you what food item you're looking at that could have easily turned into um uh, a c and speak for language translation or that could have turned into something for counting calories like take a picture of your food and it tries to go ahead and just tell you what that food is before you even had to type anything in and have it look up. Um, I noticed like certain, certain apps are even doing cool things where like, hey, I want to buy this on uh, AliExpress or something like that. Take a photo of it and it'll search all the way through uh, AliExpress and tell you if <laughs> that exists somewhere on their website. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff. So you can add this to quite a few things once you start to know what to look for.
0: So for the data sets, like for the, going back to the cat example, Mm -hmm. are they super specific? Like I have to pull in a cat model that will tell me like a confidence (laughs) on cat or is it like an animals model that kind of like will give you, oh, we think it's a dog or we think it's a cat and here's our, our confidence score or something or how does that work?
2: Yeah. Um, there's, there's a really good, data set out there called CIFAR and that one has thousands and thousands and thousands of cat photos of ready to use open and available but for instance if you pulled in MobileNet which is already in there I think it has several different breeds of cats already figured out so um, you could just pull that in as long as you weren't trying to identify whether it had a rodent in its mouth or
1: not. (laughs) I was just gonna ask if you were trying to identify that would you need a data set where they had a rodent in their mind?
2: So here's a really cool thing that people don't like to say. Um, they like to tell you, you've got to go build your own model. That's not true. Okay. You can take a model that's almost exactly there, like MobileNet, which can identify several breeds of cats. And then you could take a couple of hundred photos, not not thousands and, or millions, and take a couple hundred photos and then do another layer on top. That's called transfer learning. Transfer learning takes a very established, well-defined model that's been worked on for weeks uh, on Google servers. And then you do this transfer learning for a day (laughs) or however long with this extra layer on top, which is saying, like, with all the information you have, we want to check. We're just trying to find out, does the cat have something in its mouth or not? So now you're looking at hundreds Uh, of photos instead of thousands and thousands. And that, to be fair, is probably how most people build most of these things. I doubt anybody's going back and doing the whole thing from scratch, except for a few people. If tomorrow you need to do something, you'd probably want to find just like you go to Stack Overflow or Node Modules to find something as close to what you want as possible. Sometimes you hit jackpot and sometimes you need to do a little bit of transfer learning. Um, This is really similar. All these concepts are things us as web developers and mobile developers and JavaScript developers are doing all the time. It's just hidden under a bunch of mathematical and, and obscure terms. Mm.
0: So where, uh, where do people go to get all these data sets at?
2: Um, so what's really cool is because it's been, here's the, one of the benefits of academia, They apparently have um, teaching assistants that have nothing better to do but label data all day.
0: (laughs) That sounds miserable. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Uh,
2: So universities have a ridiculous supply. And um, a lot of these things end up on Kaggle.com. And so uh, I found a Medium article the other day. It says, like, top 10 places to find free data sets. And uh, believe it or not, I mean, it's just so like if you want to identify volcanoes on Mars, uh, someone has a labeled data set for you (laughs) and they might have gotten paid a lot of government money to do it. I have no idea who's doing all these things, but they're giving away data sets like it's candy. That is, oddly enough, not the hard part to find. Um, You can get a lot of really intricate, amazing data out there for free.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Then uh, how, how difficult, like obviously feeding an image from your browser into one of these trained up models is not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, how difficult is it to take that data set and then use something like TensorFlow to process it into uh, an algorithm free to use?
2: So if you wanted to go on the Python side you're talking about, or you're talking about the JavaScript side, or you're uh, talking about training a model in, in, in TensorFlow versus some other framework like PyTorch.
0: I guess um, either one. Like how how bad is it to just train up a model as opposed to use a model?
2: Um, Transfer learning is a lot easier. But you do have to start to understand the model structure a little bit. So what happens is if you're just using a model, then you have this one task in mind. I have an image, let's say. And I need to get that image into a format that my model understands. That means you have to turn it into a tensor. That might feel a little weird to you at first because it's like a multidimensional array that you've never worked with before. It has functions you've never thought of before. And it's got all these kinds of weird things you have to look up, but it's not that bad. Then let's say you want to do transfer learning. Then you're taking a look at a higher level than the core API. And what happens is there's a layers API. And um, at that point, you have to understand at a high, high level, What exactly um, each of these crazy terms mean? What is a dense layer? What is a convolutional layer? What is, uh, you know, what is max pooling? What are these weird things? Now, as of right now, I don't think that there are too many good courses out there that explain that. But you can pick that up from kind of looking around a little bit. Find the piece you don't know. See if you can find uh, a Siraj video. Siraj does a great job explaining stuff. Um, a three, uh, three brown, one blue. Uh, but you can find the piece that you don't get and start chipping away at it. Uh, and then once you kind of uh, you have you understand what the layers are, then you're good until you need to go to the next level deeper. And that's the thing with going top down technology, right? You start off uh, JavaScript. Sometimes you're just gluing. You are just that person gluing things together because you don't actually know how they work until something doesn't work. And then you get into the car a little bit more. You're like, what is this piece? Oh, this is the alternator. What is its purpose? What is it doing? And then you get in there a little bit more. Um, But I don't think that to drive a car, you need to be able to take apart and put an engine block back together, right? And that's the approach that most people take. So I'd say that each of these levels... Be willing to to sort of like dig in a little bit, but uh, if you find something off the shelf, good. If you find something that needs to be modified, good. It's a little bit better. But then each time you take a step deeper into this, expect a a serious time expansion because you're gonna have to learn some concepts that you didn't have to actually understand before.
0: Cool. Um, so I got I have a couple more machine learning questions. Um, yeah. First. Uh, would be um, for anybody like, obviously your course isn't ready yet. Uh, we're right. excited for it, but uh, do yeah. you know of any like good resources for learning yes. this sort of thing?
2: Yes. Um, if you're looking to get motivated, I have a blog article that I would say called zero to hero. Um, it's a free code camp article. And I feel like it gives you a nice top level feel like, Hey, I read this blog article I think I kind of got what's going on at a high, 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 high level. If you really want to be like, dude, I'm in, I am in, here's my tidbit for you. There was this sort of like idea of a high level sort of framework called Keras. And a lot of the people who really kick butt in machine learning seem to use it. And it's very... It was written by Francois Chalet, and he, my French is terrible. and <laughs> Better than mine. <laughs> he, he um, I think he really got the concepts there. And uh, originally, he didn't work for Google, but then Google said, come on, you definitely want to work for us. And then so now all of TensorFlow is moving towards Keras, like that whole stuff. So if you went out, and you bought a book. Don't take a course on TensorFlow. Don't take a book. Uh, take a uh, right now. Don't 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 do anything with the deep down inner workings of TensorFlow. And there's nothing out there for TensorFlow.js, in my opinion. Um, instead, go ahead and buy uh, Francois Cholet's book on Keras. Inside there, he's going to show you how to build some really simple stuff. And it is a really friendly easy, and cool book. It'll be in Python. (laughs) But the concepts you're grabbing and the code is so cool and so easy. It's where TensorFlow 2.0 is going. Everything's going that direction. So you'll be heading everything off. And when you take a look at TensorFlow 2 and you take a look at all those, all those words and all those things that were in Keras are there and they're just in TensorFlow now. Um, So I would say grab his book Enjoy that, kind of like chill out with it, and that'll give you a really nice sort of getting your feet wet experience. You'll build amazing things immediately. And when you want to do that in JavaScript, those concepts will just come over wholesale.
0: Is that, uh, is Keras a library for Python?
2: Yeah, it well, it's it was a library, specifically a high level library for building. Um, machine learning models and it was meant to go on top of anything. You know, It was meant to be on top of TensorFlow and I think another thing is that it basically just became on top of TensorFlow and then now is becoming part of TensorFlow.
0: <laughs> so, okay. Cool. <laughs> um,
2: but you're not going to get blown away by Python especially as JavaScript developers. You're just going to uh, maybe you'll type a few semicolons or forget to indent a few <laughs> things Yeah. and life will be yeah. fine.
1: Learned some yeah. of that over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: We, we did a a Python workshop locally here. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. After after doing like stylus and pug and stuff, like I got a lot more into the bracket list world. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at first I was like, no, I need my curly braces. Bring it yeah. back. <laughs> Give them back to me. Still um, new to me. Yeah.
2: yeah. You know, there's this concept. It came from Ruby called Seattle Style Ruby where, um, there was this logic of what is semantically necessary. And it just went into this minimalism of Ruby that was gorgeous. And I'm seeing whether everybody likes to give Ruby their attribution or not, we're all moving closer and closer to fewer and fewer brackets and braces in this old style, Algol style programming from the 70s that's just not dying. And we're, we're kind of like getting to simpler, cleaner... Uh, sort of style of coding. So it's not a bad idea to go ahead and go outside your comfort zone into that. (laughs) Because I think that that's that's where JavaScript started when it started revolutionizing itself in 2015. It's been cutting off the fat and getting into these more user-friendly styles. Um, And so as it leads that front, I think it's going to start to look more and more like it.
0: Awesome. Uh, Last thing I was going to ask you was about TensorFlow 2.0. Uh, You Mm -hmm. already kind of dipped into it a little bit, but uh, when is that coming? And should we bother with TensorFlow now or Mm -hmm. just wait until TensorFlow 2 comes out? Or how do you feel about that?
2: Well, it's out in beta now. And as long as you are looking at, uh, let's say you you buy the the Keras book, you're basically learning TensorFlow 2, in my opinion, because that's what they're standardizing on. And uh, there's a blog post on TensorFlow's uh, Medium blog that says that specifically. So. Uh, this is. This seems to be their initiative. There's an actual entire Coursera course on TensorFlow 1, which is a complete waste of time. I got certified in it. Sorry, Google. I'm a, I'm also a GDE. While we're going back to all the things I like to put after my name, I am a GDE, so I have a Google developer expert from, from Google, and I'm constantly kicking them in the teeth. I apologize. I like what y'all do. <laughs> but I will say that that course was a waste of time because... Um, because of where they're moving. It's definitely, if you you look at Keras and you look at TensorFlow 2.0, you're looking at the same thing. The Layers API, it, it's very friendly. You might find a Stack Overflow to translate between one and another, but for the most part, it's it's fairly painless.
0: Awesome. So um, we're going to move into to Nerd Minute in a second, but uh, before yeah. we do that, where can people find you, and, and what should we look out for?
2: Yeah, so uh gantlabord.com that's my name gant labord um unless of course you're calling to sell me something then I'm grant labordy
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I don't need uh, extra car insurance. So <laughs> but gantlabord.com that's my twitter is also gantlabord. I go around and speak at conferences. I love speaking about all these things I'm very passionate about technology and this, and I think that that's 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 the way you just don't burn out for me, is just I have to find cool and interesting things and get sucked into it. So uh, reach out to me on Twitter, re- check out the cool stuff I'm doing on Medium, but all that's available on my website. All right. And also, one other thing, definitely, uh, if you're looking for some cool work with some cool people, uh, Infinite.Red is our website, so... You can, if you've got some AI ideas or some cool stuff like that, or if you just have an app idea and you want to do it in JavaScript, uh, we're badasses at that.
0: <laughs> awesome. So we'll, we'll throw up all those links on the, uh, on the nice. show notes. So you can find those at techjr.dev. Mm-hmm. Um, but now uh, I want to move into uh, nerd minute. So at the end of every show, Gant, we talk about whatever comic books or video games or whatever we're into. <laughs> uh, you're the guest. So you go first. What have you been right. into lately?
2: I... Uh, I'm a big fan of Rocket League. Maybe I'm just an old cool. dude. I uh, balance that out. I don't think so. No. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay <laughs> yeah. to still like Rocket League.
0: We Yeah, I, I think know. so. I'm fairly certain. Okay.
2: All right. I because I like I'll I'll have to mention TikTok in the same sentence to really kind of reach I like, right, now no, I'm, I'm still I'm cool. too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I'll say this. I I still suck at Rocket League, but since we're a 100% remote company and I talk about remote work a lot too because uh, I just had a baby girl recently.
1: Congratulations. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you
2: so much. It's been amazing doing remote work with having a kid. <laughs> that is is so good. Um, and since we're remote, we have to come up with cool ways to hang out. Every Thursday we watch an, uh, two episodes of The Office. <laughs> and then afterward we go play some Rocket League, so That's awesome. Uh, I have so much fun with my coworkers. They they're a wonderful group of people and they have a podcast about how the company was built and and uh, they get featured on blog articles. So if you actually want to find some neat people, uh, do that. And if you want to play Rocket League with us, we might let you in. Uh <laughs> <laughs> We're currently the champions of, of, of the best React. Right, yeah, I'll lay it out. We're the best Rocket League team at React Programming. Uh, if you want to challenge <laughs> us, just go ahead and lay it out on Twitter. We'll take it on.
0: Throw down. Okay. Yeah. Right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played it. I'll be honest. I've, you have n- to. We had another guest know, that was I really know. into Rocket League. and you So said- we, we interviewed uh, Chris Biscardi, who works at, at Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, or he works with Gatsby. However you want to look at it. But he's like super into it, does streaming, like went to the Rocket League uh World Series yeah. or whatever it is, and uh it was wow. just super into it and I was like, I should try it. And I've owned it for I don't know how many years. It's like in my Steam backlog of shame. <laughs> but I I just haven't tried it. So It uh,
2: takes like a second to, to get like how it works, and it takes a lifetime to stop yeah, playing it. It's, it's so really weird. good.
1: Uh, um yeah, I'll buy it on Steam <laughs> if you have it and then we can play it together.
0: Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll uh we'll have it on. Maybe we can Twitch stream it or something. Yeah, Gant, let's get on this thing,
2: <laughs> dude. Let's add this. Let's, get, let's we're gonna do some Rocket League night this Thursday. <laughs> Maybe we can train up a model
0: or something. They can teach us how to play better. <gasps> oh.
2: <laughs> all right. So time out. Time out. Google is insane. Did you see they beat all the like the human Dota and other stuff? Like they trained AI to beat the world champions at uh, like all kinds of stuff, including. Um, I think it's Dota. It looks like Warcraft to me. I don't then know. it's probably I'm... Dota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they beat the world champions in it and they just slammed them. And those videos are all live online. It was open AI. Oh, wow. um, it's pretty yeah. cool. But if you actually watch how they trained it um, and then it's was doing it, it's so awesome. So honestly, one day it is a goal <laughs> of mine. <laughs> yeah. We've seen, <laughs> To make uh, my computer beat everybody in <laughs> Rocket League.
0: We saw. Um a computer model trained up to uh beat like super yeah, mario world really or something cool. and like skate through it basically which was pretty yeah. crazy but uh when i think about that stuff i'm like this is a disgusting waste of processing power for a computer <laughs> <laughs> thousands of hours of like cpu cycles went into this <laughs> yeah yeah it's true that is true uh yeah i guess i'm getting old <laughs>
2: Uh, back in my day, we used to beat that with a Commodore sixty four.
0: <laughs> Kids used to do work back in my day. Work was work, and it was boring. <laughs> you had to hate it. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, Eddie, what what are you
1: into lately? Um, I've just finished um Cannon Busters. It's a uh, anime oh, on Netflix. On Netflix,
0: yeah. It's did you like it? It was cool. It, it was all right. Can are you uh, an anime fan?
2: I want to be. So here's what I need. I had somebody try to get me started and they they gave me something that was way too much. So (laughs) what I need I need like the intro to anime series for you to, to tell me binge watch. It's like that. Like like Game of Thrones took people some time to get into. Like for a while, people were like is every episode different people? What's going on? <laughs> so I need you to tell me what to check it out first, and then I could possibly I'd be do I'd say one punch man. I would s- one yeah. punch man.
0: Yeah, that would be uh that's, my that's a favorite. good entry level. It's very it's yeah. funny. So that's it, they kind of make fun of <laughs> like anime, yeah. anime yeah. action. Um <laughs> so you may not get all of that on on the first go around, but uh okay. I would say like Studio Ghibli would be like the or Ghibli. Uh, okay. You're gonna
2: you have to uh, spell that.
0: Uh, G-H-I-B-L-I. And that's like um, All right. the classics. So Howl's Moving Tower, or Castle, I mean, uh, Spirited Away. I've never seen that. Princess Mononoke. That. Um, he's got like, I don't know how many films out through that studio. Uh, and they're very not crazy anime trope kind of things. So there's not like a lot of blood and guts, and there's not like grotesque nudity or graphic content or that sort of thing. It's just a lot of beautiful animation and kind of, like, wholesome-ish stories. So, very enjoyable stuff, in my opinion.
2: All right. One punch and Ghibli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, speaking of grotesque, uh, the horrible things, um, I was watching uh, True Deductive. Oh, really? If anybody's a, is, is like a fan. Like, the first season?
1: The first one? Season uh, three. Oh, uh, okay, okay. There's a season... Th- which one? Oh, season three it is. is with the <laughs> dude that's going to be... Um, Blade, yeah. Blade, okay. Uh,
0: I'll I'll go ahead and butcher it since Eddie dodged it, but uh, Ma- Mahar Shala yeah, Ali. Yeah, I can't. Ma- Mahar yeah. Shala Ali. He's uh, a really good actor. Uh, somebody's but, gonna tweet uh, me and be like, yeah. "You're a, you're terrible." <laughs> he was in um, Luke Cage on Netflix Cottonmouth. as a, Cottonmouth. <laughs> oh, the yeah. villain. He's he's a really yeah. great actor. I uh, love I love his uh, stuff. So excited to see him. Moonlight's do Blade. a
1: good movie too.
0: Was he in the Yeah, that? he I was in like that. the first.
1: It's like the movie's told in three parts of a story of this kid's life, and he's in the first part.
0: Okay. Yeah, I know uh, you gave me some grief on a previous episode about um, saying he doesn't look like Wesley Snipes, talking about like who's playing Blade. But he does have the exact same haircut, so I feel like okay. I was kind of approaching that. But uh, yeah, he, he's definitely uh, a shoe in for, for that role. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to to see that one. Gant, are you a, a Marvel movie fan? Or?
2: I am a huge Marvel oh, okay, movie cool. fan. okay, I, cool. I, such, I, I, now, I have to say, I'm, I had a little trouble with the Netflix ones. Daredevil showed up, rocked yeah. my world. Then you went with Jessica Jones, loved it. And then they, oh, man, I think right around the time, because I was a big fan of Iron Fist, the oh. comics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know what you're going to say. And then I saw the Iron <laughs> Fist version that came out on Netflix, and I was like,
1: <laughs> <curious>. <laughs> uh,
2: I did the same thing with um, Agents of Shield. Started off fantastic. Uh, I'm not going to spoil or anything, but Agents of Shield actually changed along with the release of the movie. Yes. So a movie came out, and then what happened in the movie affected the TV show. And it blew my. I loved it, total Marvel universe kind of style. And then Agents of Shield just started falling off the side, and I didn't even make it through this last season. So I'm a huge Marvel fan, but I definitely are, <laughs> I'm keeping it down to the center here. I'm, I'm very picky because I can't I can't keep doing all these shows. Don't play <laughs> they do play games. Gotta, they gotta earn yeah. it, man. Yeah. Are you
1: excited <laughs> about the shows on the Disney Plus? <laughs>
2: I'm I'm worried. <laughs> I am worried. I'm worried about several things after that last episode of Game of Thrones. Oh yeah,
0: I yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> that was uh, that was a real. I don't uh, want to cuss on the show, but yeah, that was terrible. Was.
1: <laughs> Netflix just gave those guys a ton of money to. They can only make TV shows for Netflix now. Yeah, they really? just gave them like all the money, and because uh, they they have oh, a deal man. with Disney to do like a. Um, a trilogy of Star Wars so they can do movies for other people but all their TV shows now are going straight to Netflix yeah. interesting
0: hmm. I uh, can't say that that's good news I wasn't really a yeah, of what I they know. did with Game of Thrones <laughs> right.
1: um, so we'll see what happens
0: yeah Iron Fist uh, I love the comics but what, that what show happened was really with the... Bad. the second season oh, was much geez. better but not by much Really, I, I it, thought the first season was okay, but the second season, I I gave yeah. up on.
2: Yeah, it's like character assassination on this, right? Like they just people start doing things for the for for them to move a plot along, even though it doesn't actually fit any kind of particular character because they can't make mystical things happen over and over again. So they need the other device, which means that they they just start sacrificing. Um, what's really cool, and and I don't, I think that's poor writing. I can't, I can't take it. In the meantime, on the other side of it, you see shows that refuse to sacrifice <laughs> that. Um, like Billions is an amazing show, and they will not give up on their integrity. Uh, the new Karate Kid show, <laughs> like from YouTube, a kid show? <laughs> the Cobra Kai. I, oh, okay, It's okay. so good.
0: It's so I thought that that was kind of a joke, like
2: dude. I thought it was too. I can't wait. Till are I they came up with more? Is it like Two played straight laced or
0: is it? Dude, it's
2: I. They don't like you. You get emotional watching it. Wow. They're, they're doing a good job. Um, whereas when I was watching Iron Fist, I was emotional in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Come on, no one would do this." So uh, I would highly recommend like, I I think this it's about integrity with the shows. And uh, I can I I'm off I'm off the bandwagon with most of the ones on Netflix now. But uh, there's it's good to know there's a lot of really cool shows out there that just aren't ever given up on that kind of thing. And I'm a faithful fan.
0: Cool. Oh, uh, to end on a high note. Um, All the Marvel <laughs> stuff we talked about was
1: canceled, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, since everything we're talking about how shows are terrible. Uh,
0: have you guys seen uh, Mindhunter? Yes, on I just Netflix? started it. That show's that show's good. Good. flipping fantastic. Yeah. Oh wow! I don't know if you're into it's like the serial, serial killers, killer kind yeah. of thing, but it's about the FBI uh, agents that started FBI profiling. Yeah. Like, they develop the behavioral psychology department of the FBI. So, they go and interview all these people that are... Like, before they had the term serial killer, they they interviewed all these people that murdered a bunch of people and were, like, developed the practice of, like, predicting what kind of traits would manifest in (laughs) people that would become serial killers. It's... um, That's
1: cool. The last episode um, that I watched... Um... They go through, uh, I guess, the, one of the first killings of the BTK killer. He killed if this might be too much for the podcast, but um, the family's last <laughs> name was Otero. Was my last name <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> oh, a little no. close? To him. Just a little. Eddie's yeah, sleeping in yeah, his yeah bed. it's a little <laughs> weird.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you're uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, definitely definitely check that one out. Because nice. yeah, it's love a good it. show. I love it. Cool. So um, I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Gant, thank you so, yeah, so thanks. much for this coming really on the cool. show and, and letting us grill you about machine learning and all that uh, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, please uh, reach out and, and come back, and we'd love to talk to you yeah. again.
2: Dude, that's awesome. I look forward to y'all taking my course when it's yep. available. This will be my motivation to really go kick some butt on it, and um, and then I'll sneak in a little bit of math for y'all. <laughs> just just...
0: <laughs> Wait, I have to do, I have to do an integral? What? Damn it, Gant! Gant! <laughs> that joke was a little derivative. Oh my ah. gosh. We're going to edit this. <laughs> we have to <laughs> cut the match. I,
2: I just became a dad. I have to do all these jokes. Okay. <laughs> You're
0: forgiven. You're forgiven. Dad jokes. Oh man. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have you back and uh, awesome. we, we can talk about the course whenever it yeah. comes about cool cool all right, all right. Th- thank yeah, you thanks bye thanks for listening to tech junior head on over to our site at TechJunior.dev for show notes and past episodes while you're there click subscribe to get an email from us once a week with the latest episode and some other goodies also please follow us on twitter at tech junior podcast and also follow my personal account at leeward junior and eddie's at ed zero t-e-r-0 join us next week where we talk to janelle pizarro about being a junior developer in the orlando market as well as ux micro interactions which is a lot more interesting than you might think and maybe approachable too so check it out looking forward to seeing you or having you listen to us next week on wednesday all right that's all for me take care